Welcome to the Cornerstone Corner, our weekly message podcast. At Cornerstone, we are enthusiastic about all ages, having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open the Bible and hear God's word for us today. I'm the lead pastor here at Cornerstone. Glad you're here this morning. And if you happen to be sitting right next to somebody you don't know and you want a breath mint, just raise your hand. The ushers will bring you one. All right. I know it's kind of packed in here this morning. All right. Uh, I do hope that you, on your way in, that you guys, we had, if you, if you didn't get it, you can get on the way out. But we had, right, donut holes and sausage balls because the stone was rolled away. You see what we did there, right? Uh, so, hey, make sure you get those on the way out. And also, there's a photo booth out there. And we got a surprise for you at the end as well that we'll, uh, I'll tell you about at the end of the service today. Uh, before we jump into our teaching for this morning on this Easter Sunday, uh, I wanted to talk to the men for just a minute. Men, we've got an event coming up here in a couple weeks, our Guys Night. And I am stoked for this evening because there's going to be lots of food. All right. Uh, let me just read you the list of food, Okay. It's going to be, by the way, it's only $15. It's April 20th, it's a couple weeks. But there's going to be rib tips, barbecue chicken, hot dogs, corn on the cob, a potato of some sort. I don't even know what that means, but I'm all in. All right, I'm in. Uh, and then there's going to be axe throwing, laser tag, cornhole with two team uh, tournaments between uh, for the cornhole and the, uh, the, the laser tag. I'm sorry, the uh, axe throwing. Uh, and so it's going to be a great event. We wanted to let you know. We want you to come uh, and, and make sure you register for that. But not only register yourself, uh, invite somebody to come with you, maybe two people to come with you. I invited both my brothers to come, a couple other guys I know to come. Uh, we're super stoked uh, about this. And so, uh, I, and listen, I don't lose at cornhole, so um, you can come. Actually, my son beat me in this last summer's tournament, those kind of things. But, but uh, just seriously, don't miss out on this night. It's going to be a great night. Uh, and uh, we actually told our uh, insurance company that we were doing axe throwing. They told us they don't like that, but we're doing it anyways. Um, so it'll be fine. It'll be no injuries. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So uh, sign up for that. Okay, uh, coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, so with that, we're going to jump into the teaching for this morning. So if you want to grab a Bible, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That's where we're going to land this Easter Sunday. Uh, if you aren't familiar uh, too much with the Bible, 1 Corinthians is actually near the back of a paper Bible. So if you go to the back, kind of thumb forward a little bit, you'll find 1 Corinthians. Uh, there are Bibles in the seats, about every other seat or so. So you can grab one of those if you'd like to. Or you can go to sermons.church on a browser on your device and search Cornerstone Church and all the scriptures, fill in the blanks, everything will be there for you today, all right? And to get us started today, uh, I want to start with this. Um, some of you may know this, uh, over the last few years, I have been trying to uh, eat uh, low-carb, all right? I've been trying to be, be a little bit more low-carb. Now, I don't want to go no-carb because no-carb apparently makes you really angry, and so I don't want to be no-carb, so I'm trying to go low-carb, trying to like just limit my carb intake over the last couple of years, and so uh, this week as I started to work on the teaching, I started to think, I was reminded of over the last few weeks, uh, I don't know, maybe last month or so, I asked my wife Leah if she could make me a low-carb uh, dessert that I found online, and it was this. It was like a blueberry cobbler, and I was like, oh man, that looks so good. So of course it was low carb. And if you don't, like some of you know where this is going. If it's low carb, you gotta have like low carb flour and sugar and stuff. And we don't have that stuff. And so we went to the store, we got all that stuff and we came back and she put it all together and she put it in the, it was awesome. Uh, so this is what I had to do. Cause I was like, I, I made my wife go to the store and get all these ingredients and make this stuff for me. So I was like, I've got to eat this, right? So what I did, I mean, there was just like a, a portion about this big on my plate. And like, I had to put Cool Whip all the way rust <laughs> to stomach the rest of it. So it became not so low carb anymore at that point. So uh, the reason I start with that story this morning is because uh, though the picture looked really good, right? It smelled good. It looked good coming out of the oven. Um, 
Without real flour, and let's be real honest, the, the biggest thing, without real sugar, right, the outcome was not what I wanted, right? And so if I can say it this way, a recipe without sugar, a dessert recipe without sugar is a different dessert, okay? And, and I want to use that this morning, uh, like the d- a dessert recipe without sugar is a different dessert, can I say on this Easter morning that, folks, a world without Easter would be a different world. Like, I, I didn't want, after I started putting that dessert in my mouth, I didn't want it anymore. And can I tell you, I will, I'll be really straight up with you this morning. We're going to talk today about the reality of a world without Easter is a world that we would not want to be a part of. And so I'm grateful for Easter Sunday. And so today, we, we're going to talk about this key ingredient to our human existence that some acknowledge and some others don't acknowledge, but it is important. And so we're going to talk about today, and there, essentially that there's value, folks. There is significant value to what we're celebrating today. It is not just about family and food and eggs and all that kind of stuff. It is about the resurrected Savior. And it matters. And it matters. Um, just to remind you, because uh, again, I think some people are like, well, did it really happen? It really happened. And we're actually told that it happened in Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 6. It says this. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in cloths that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. And so the truth of the matter is, folks, that that some people want to think that maybe this whole Jesus thing and this resurrection thing was a fable. No, no, it was real. It happened. Jesus rose from the dead. And it's why we celebrate today. It's why Easter is a thing. And by the way, in itself was a miracle. But because it happened, it changed the course of history. And we ought to be aware of how that has changed things and embrace that, which we're going to talk about today. This is a key, it is a key ingredient to our human existence, and we must acknowledge it. And so help us do that, to talk about the significance of the resurrection today. We're going to be in this chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, This particular chapter and book of the Bible is written by the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul actually has uh, wrote a good chunk of the New Testament. And what I love about this particular scripture is that he's essentially stressing the importance of resurrection, all right? And uh, kind of, in particular, of course, Jesus' resurrection, but really just in in resurrection as a whole, and uh, kind of exploring what uh, a world without resurrection might look like. And so when I was looking for a way to, like, what are we going to do for Easter 2023? And here at Cornerstone, I thought, this is an interesting way to talk about that. Like, how do we we, uh, look at this idea of a world without Easter? And so our title this morning for uh, our our message is Reality Check, A World Without Easter. Easter. And what we're going to do is we're going to follow Paul's train of thought, okay, as we go through this first uh, Corinthians chapter 15, and the what ifs of the resurrection not happening, okay, if it wasn't a thing. Um, and because, so, like, the reality was, is like, in this particular time, and this is after Jesus' death, right, some of these people were saying, no, this, that, that thing didn't happen. By the way, that's happening today, right? And so there's, there's, there's a bunch of people saying, no, that thing didn't happen. Jesus didn't raise from the dead. And so Paul's, like, going to address all that here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So we're going to read quite a bit, so hang with me as we do. Okay, we're going to start in verse 12. But it says, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resur- resurrection of the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. 
For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then, the, the, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of, dead, of the dead comes also through a man. Skip to verse 29. Now, if there's no resurrection, what will those who do who are baptized for the dead? If, they're, if the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized for them? And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I face death every day. Yes, just as surely as I boast about Christ, you in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. Skip to verse 57, just a couple more verses. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. And so kind of an interesting text here from the Apostle Paul, right, where he kind of paints this picture and then refutes the, the, the argument that resurrection isn't a thing, that it's not possible because it is. Resurrection is a thing, and Jesus started it on Easter Sunday. Resurrection is a thing, and Jesus said, yeah, come on, we can clap for that. I'm down with that. Let's do it. Let's come on. I'm going to warn you a little bit. I get, some of you know that like in church culture, right, like there are two Super Bowls in a year. It's Christmas and Easter. And so this Super Bowl Sunday for me, man, I'm, I'm all about this. And so there's power in the resurrection. All right, and so we're going to talk about that. And so I have a few thoughts from that text uh, that kind of uh, I see there that indicate to me there are great reasons, significant reasons to embrace the resurrection, embrace Jesus himself, choose to live in a world uh, with Easter rather than a world without Okay, um, but before I give those to you, I want to pause and pray. So if you would pray with me. So Father, we thank you for uh, a reason to celebrate today. We thank you for Jesus that uh, though many of us were in this room on Friday and we were sad because we were remembering the, the incredible things that Jesus, you went through on Friday. We rejoice today that it wasn't the end. And so God, I pray that as we take a deeper look into this 1 Corinthians 15 text that ultimately that you would do something in us, that you would, you would speak to us, you would teach us, you would encourage us, you maybe even would challenge us today that there would be something that we would be different and transformed because of our result of our time together by the power of your spirit. Not because of what I'm gonna say, but I just pray, Father, that you would do some stuff with us this morning as we celebrate this Easter. Let's pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we have just one point today. It has very uh, few layers. Again, we'll process through Paul's thoughts on a world without Easter. Write this down. Paul tells us that a world without Easter would be an existence without hope. You can fill that in your handout. A world without Easter would be an existence without hope. Now, I'll just tell you up front that we're going to actually camp out in three verses today. Verses 17, 18, and 19 of the text. I come smack dab in the middle of the text. I see this one point and uh, has several, def several different layers. So I'm going to kind of pick out some uh, different things as we go throughout this today. But these, these three verses give me this conclusion that a world without Easter would be a, uh, an existence without hope. Okay? And so just to remind us again what 17, 18, and 19 say, it says this. It says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have, all, have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are 
uh, we are of all people most to be pitied. It's kind of fairly direct uh, kind of words here from Paul about the resurrection. But let me unpack what each one of those means just a little bit. Again, we'll start in verse 17. Okay, it says, in verse 17, it says, if not, Christ has not been raised, if there's a world without Easter, then, then your, quote, your faith is futile. That means, I know many of you in the room, that you're following Jesus, you're, you're, you're a Christian, you're, you're, you're trying to follow God in your life. And so basically what Paul is saying here is like, well, if the resurrection wasn't real, if it didn't actually happen, then we're all just suckers. We've been duped. Have you ever been, have you ever been duped by somebody? We know what that feels like. And so what Paul is saying is like, listen, hey, if the resurrection wasn't a real thing, then we have all been duped. You're a sucker, I'm a sucker. I actually looked up that word futile in the Bible's original language this week, and it's this word, Mateos, and it means devoid of force, devoid of truth, success, or result, useless of no purpose. And so basically what Paul is saying in this part of the verse is saying, is like, look, look if, 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 if Jesus was not raised from the dead, then there's no truth, and there's no success. How many of you know that's a hopeless existence? Like there would be, okay, no truth, no success ever. That is hopeless. And I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like a life I want to live where there's no truth and there's no success. And so I tried to find, figure out a way to kind of illustrate this. And so this is the way I thought about it. Um, it's kind of like being a Bears fan. Any Bears fans in the room? Okay, just know that I, I, I love the Bears. I'm still an avid fan, but I got to be honest with you. Here's what, here's what, this was my thought, right? Here's what we do as Bears fans. We have dreams every year, <laughs> right? And we think, oh, this year is going to be the year, right? It's going to be it. And then what happens is that, that then December comes and we look like this, right? Uh, some of you know we did not have a good season last year, right? So like, it was like, so like, I was thinking, right, we have these dreams and those things, and then December comes and then, gosh, the Bears didn't even make it in the playoffs and those kind of things, right? Uh, I, you know, in my lifetime, the Bears won a Super Bowl in 1985. I was only five years old. I don't remember that, right? And then the one time I thought they were going to do it, right, they went up against the Colts and lost, right, which was my twin brother's favorite team. That was fun, right? <laughs> So like, I, I'm like, oh man, it's been so hard as a fan, right? And so here's, here's the connection. Here's, here's what I was thinking this week. I was like, you know, sometimes it's like, um, it feels like oftentimes the Bears' efforts are often just futile, right? Although, man, they're doing some really cool stuff this year. This might be the year. <laughs> and some of you are going, talk to you in December, Matt, right? Here we go. So, but like this, and so like this is what I'm thinking, man. I, and, and by the way, my uncle is sitting in the back of the room. Uh, you can raise your hand, Uncle Mark. So I'm a Bears fan because of that guy uh, right there. I was over at his house when I was about seven years old, and I was rooting for the other team. Some of you know that he's kind of a big guy. And uh, just look at him. Just raise your hand. He's kind of a big guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, now you can sit down. <laughs> So I was over at his house, and I was like seven. I was rooting for the other team, and he was, and, and my uncle's kind of a jokester, and so like I think he was lovingly saying this, but at seven years old, and he was like, we do not root for anybody but the Bears in this house. <laughs> so how many of you know I've been a Bears fan ever since, all right? <laughs> so, but I was thinking, you know, like I've been a Bears fan for a long, long time, and I still am, and I still love them, and I'm still going to root for them. I've kind of been to a couple games, so like, but man, it's been hard being a fan of the bears over the, my lifetime because it just sometimes feels like it's futile. And I, I was thinking, man, that's only for me as a fan. Can you imagine being a player? Can you imagine being the coaching staff, right? 
And so, so it's, it's, it's a bit hopeless, it feels like, right? Now, some of you guys, you guys were Cubs fans too, and you were like, man, they won the pennant once. All right, so I, I know, I know, I get it, right? But it, it kind of can feel really helpless. So let me make the connection to, to what we're studying today. What Paul is just, this is what Paul is describing here is that a world without Easter, folks, without resurrection, it would feel like our faith would be like that forever. Now, the Bears might actually have a year this year. But imagine if you knew that no matter what you did, it was going to be futile. That's what a world without Easter would be. It would be futile. There would be no reason to be useless, of no purpose, no truth, no success in this life. Paul actually mentions this two times in our text. We're looking at verse 17, but he also says that in verse 14. He said, if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. But then he actually, I love this. We're gonna look at this several times today. In verse 20, he gives us the answer, and a couple other verses later, in verse 20, he says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, amen? Amen. He's indeed, I love the fact that he, because it could have been, Christ has been raised from the dead. And he's like, no, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. This was real. This happened. And then it goes on in verse 57 and 58. It says, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. And so things, folks, are far from hopeless. They are far from hopeless. Those of us in faith with a relationship with Jesus, we have hope because we have victory in Jesus because of the truth that lies in his resurrection. Which, by the way, brings our resurrection in. And we're gonna look at that a little bit. I'm so excited about being resurrected someday. Some of you ain't getting that. We're going to get that a little bit later. I'm so excited about that. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But he, because the power of it, well, I just spit. I'm sorry. I'm glad you're not sitting up front. <laughs> but I'm so excited about because of the power of his resurrection, we have victory, and, and it's going to bring our resurrection someday. Man, I'm all about that. So that's the first thing I want to unpack today, verse 17, right? It kind of brings me to this conclusion, man, a world without Easter would be a world without hope. Our faith would be futile. We indeed have hope. Second thing I want to unpack is the second part of verse 17 and then verse 18. It says, and if Christ has not been raised, look at this. It says, you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. And so Paul is showcasing here the tragic reality of a world without Easter, without resurrection. Things would indeed be hopeless because we as humans would still, and by the way, forever be in our mess. We would be in sin. We would be doing things against God that we couldn't pay for. And then we can't pay for. And, and by the way, it's not only that, not only would we be slopping around in our mess, but the reality is this life would be all that there is. And I don't know about you, but this life is not that great. It's okay. But this would be all that there is. And so again, talk about a hopeless existence without Easter, this would be it. Paul even takes this idea to an extreme in uh, the text in verse 32 when he says, if the dead are not raised, let us eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. Thanks for coming to Easter Sunday service for the hope of. But the reality is there is hope because that is not where we live, right? If the dead, the dead are raised, right? And so essentially, uh, like Paul is kind of saying like, look, if, without the resurrection, we're good as dead. Maybe you, um, you may have heard this term that came out in the last couple of decades or so. This, have you ever heard this term? YOLO. If you don't know what that means, it actually, you only live once. Right, And when this started coming out, it was kind of like a war cry uh, for people to basically live life, whatever you want to live, do whatever you want to do, because, man, you only have this one life to live, and live it up! Do it! By the way, I don't think that's a great attitude and way to live life, right? But, but basically, Paul's saying, look, like, if the resurrection didn't happen, then live it up! 
Go for it. I mean, it's all useless, right? Live it up. So, you know, YOLO. Like, say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. Eat what you want to eat. Drink what you want to drink. Sleep with whoever you want to sleep with. Live whoever you want. Buy whatever you want to buy. Rack up millions of dollars. Do it. Live it up. Some of you, man, you're really excited you came to church this morning. <laughs> but see, Paul's being facetious here. Right? But, like, he's being fictitious in the midst of it. He's, he's trying to give it to their side. Like, well, like, I guess we just eat and drink, live, because tomorrow we die. By the way, though he's being facetious, can I say, I don't know if that's all that much different than what our culture is yelling at us right now. Can I say screaming at us? They want us to live it up. But what Paul is trying to illustrate here is a significant biblical truth that we find in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. If we, folks, if we live a life where, where, where we're willing to just live in our sin and live in our mess and live it up and live for the moment, those kind of things, all that's going to do is lead us to death. That's it. And by the way, just in case you're uh, unaware of this, a biblical, another biblical truth is that you cannot do enough good in this life to pay for the, the sin that you create in this life. And I can't either. But the cool part about the second part of that verse in verse 23 says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Why? Because of the resurrection. Because he was raised from the dead. And so this, this reality is God has not designed us to live under the construct of, 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 of death and, and to live a life that's living it up. He wants us to live under his headship of, of him as our God and our Lord and our Savior, him directing our path and what we're supposed to do and what we're supposed to say. That's the construct that he wants us to live in. But the reality is, is that the choice is yours and the choice is mine. You get to choose. And here's the reality again, verse 20, right? Here's the truth. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So, so uh, the, the reality is, is resurrection is a thing, and Jesus started it on Easter Sunday. He was the first fruit of the, the better way. And so I want to I illustrate this idea of the truth and the significance of, I think, so many times in, in so many people's lives, like Easter comes and it goes and it comes and it goes and it comes and it goes. And the reality is I think it would be great if this, year, this year for some of you in the room that if you'd come to the realization that this is a real thing and he doesn't want you to live under the construct that you've been living. He doesn't want you to live there, to lead towards death. He wants you to, he, Scripture says he's come that he gives us life and give it to the full. He's the Savior of the Lord. It says in Romans chapter 5, Verses six through eight, it says, you see, at just the right time, I love that because he's never late and he's never early, he's right on time. You see, just, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, that's important because we don't have enough power to do it, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely would anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Rather than just living in the moment forever in our mess, right, forever lost, there is hope for us. Again, Luke 24, 5 and 6 says, right? Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. There's hope. And Romans 10, verse 9 says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God, look at this, raised him from the dead, what we're celebrating on Easter Sunday, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. God does not want you to live under the construct of death. He wants you to be saved. There's hope. Not an existence without hope. 
Easter, folks, Easter has come and resurrection has come. And so we don't have to live like there wasn't one. Like there wasn't a resurrection. How many of you know there are a lot of people living, living life that, that, like there's not a resurrection? There was a resurrection. And what I love about Easter, I lo- again, it's like Super Bowl Sunday, man, I love it. But I lo- what, I love about, what I love about Easter is, is that it gives every single one of us a choice. Again, are we going to live hopeless or hopeful? And I don't know about you, but this life is hard enough. I want to live hopeful. I want to live hopeful. And Jesus paved a way by going to the cross and dying a painful death, but it didn't stop there. He resurrected from the dead to prove that he was the Messiah. Things are far from hopeless, y'all. I just said y'all in church. Can I say y'all in church? Things are far from hopeless. So that's the second thing I want to unpack, right? If Christ has not been raised, then there's, we're still in our sins, forever lost. That is indeed not the case. We have hope if we choose hope. And then the last thing that I want to unpack here, and then we'll close, is that I think that it's important to unpack in this verse 19 that says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. And I had to read that, to be honest with you, I just had to read that like three or four times to kind of really figure out what this was actually saying. I was kind of confused by it a little bit, all right? Um, you can leave it up there for just a minute, Elle, if you would. Um, and so to be honest with you, like as I read this, I was like, okay, what does this mean? And so what, what this is really meaning is saying that like, if only we have hope for this life on this earth, which by the way, if we're lucky, maybe last 80 to 90 years, right? Um, if we only have hope for the now, right? Which by the way, 80, 90 years is only like a blip on the radar of, of eternity, right? And that is what we're looking to Jesus for, to say, oh, God, help me in my life today, this week. By the way, I don't think those are bad prayers, those kind of things. But if that's all we're hoping for is just this life now to get us to 80 years old, to get us to retirement, and get us all, and we're going to die. And that's just it, right? And so he's going to show us how to live and what to say and what to do and how to care for people. Then if we're only looking there, then we're missing the real opportunity for hope that is available to us. Because by, by that, that all, by the, we all have a ticking clock. It's going to end. Right? At some point in this particular body, in this life. Right? But if we hope beyond this life, that hope can last for all time. For eternity. Which is beyond a blip. Paul is interesting. He kind of uses some, uh, some language in this text in verse 32. He says, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with, with no more than human hopes. Look at this. He says, what have I gained? What a pity that if, if all he was trying to do is just rile up all this stuff, all he could do in this life and gain and do all this stuff all by himself, and this, this life was just it, because the reality is, though there might be some things God can help in the midst of that, that's going to be terminal at some point. And yet he could have something that's way beyond that in eternity. Matthew 16, 26 says, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Folks, there is more to hope for. Keyword there, there's more to hope for beyond the now with Jesus, the risen king. Like this changed the course of history. Verse 21 of the text says, for since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. And that man is Jesus. And this is what I was saying when we talk about resurrection, folks. Like, because he was resurrected, if you give your life to him, that means you get to experience resurrection. I'm so excited. Uh, who else is excited for resurrection? I mean, come on. I was just thinking, like, this week I was thinking, well, what's that going to feel like to be resurrected? 
Some of you know this last weekend, my family went to uh, Great Wolf Lodge over in Illinois and they had this, that, this water slide. It was really cool. Like it was this toilet bowl thing and they like shot you down like, and it was exhilarating. I was like, whoa, maybe it'll feel like that. <laughs> I don't know. And then I was thinking, some of you also know I, I went skydiving this, this last year, right? And so it was like, it was one of the most exhilarating things I've ever done. Woo, like this. I was like, wait, what if you feel like what you go up this time? Wouldn't that be cool? Whoa, yeah. See, some of you are like, dude, you sit in your office, think about weird things. I know I do. I know. I get it. But think about that. We could actually have, because Jesus resurrected from the dead, we could be resurrected. I don't know what they're going to feel like, but man, can I tell you something, folks? I want to find out. I want to find out rather than, than just relying on my mere hopes and efforts and dreams, man. Come on, eternity's at hand. I don't, want, I don't want this life to be it. Because again, look at this again. We looked at each one of these. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. Folks, we, I think we need to as human beings uh, avoid the pity of mere human hopes. By the way, you have giftings, you have skills in this life, but they will not get you to where you need to be. By the way, they're all given to you by God anyway. And so I think we need to be more focused on how we want that to play out, how God really wants that to play out with us being resurrected with him for eternity and get to experience that ride. Come on. See, there is hope. There's not an existence without Easter has come. Resurrection has come. The question is, the question is, are you in? Are you in? Something to think about, to consider, and honestly, to choose hope rather than, gosh, I don't I, In some sense, it doesn't make sense to me why people choose a life without hope. Choose a life with hope with Jesus. It's what Easter would be. It, we would be hopeless without Jesus, without the resurrection. But the beauty of today is that that is indeed not the case, right? We have hope through all that. Hope is alive. Christ is risen. You guys can do better. Christ is risen. risen yeah, he's risen indeed, man. We have something to celebrate today. And so I want to close today um, with a video that I came across this week that I felt kind of really wrapped up this whole teaching uh, fairly well. So take a look at this, and then we're going to close with some worship and some prayer this morning. You ever wonder who came up with eggs and bunnies to uh, celebrate Easter? Kind of a contradiction in terms, isn't it? I mean, I guess I could Google who did it, but who wants to work that hard? <laughs> whoa, whoa, all right. Oh, we're doing this now. Okay. All right. And to be honest, I don't really care who came up with it because there is something just a little bit magical about popping open one of these eggs, am I right? I mean, anything can be in here. A toy, candy, money. And then occasionally, you have the unfortunate luck of finding the empty one. Maybe an empty egg is a better symbol for Easter than a full one. Okay, take the very first Easter morning, all right? Uh, we have hindsight as our benefit, but Jesus' disciples, they, they were so confused of what was going on. They didn't even have a clue. <laughs> Okay, so Mary Magdalene, she gets to the tomb first and she goes inside and what does she see? It's empty, she is completely distressed. So she runs to John and Peter and they go to the tomb and what do they see? Empty. Empty. 
Empty is a, uh, a negative word, isn't it? My stomach is empty. The gas tank is empty. The house since the kids left, it's empty. Empty just feels like disappointment. And on that very first Easter morning, nobody knew the word empty better than Jesus's followers. They had empty hearts and they had empty hope. There's nothing in it. I got you, buddy. You see, the thing about Jesus, he takes empty things and he fills them. Empty tombs become resurrected miracles. Empty hearts get filled with love and empty hope overflows with everlasting purpose. Yes, Jesus specializes in empty. Here you go, buddy. Jesus emptied himself for our sake that we may be filled with love meant to save the world. I don't know about you, but nowadays when it seems like we wake up and we are more isolated, alone, empty. But maybe this Easter, between all the eggs and the bunnies and the beans and every other activity, can I ask you a question? Will you allow Jesus to come into your emptiness? Well, we pray that you enjoyed the message today. We pray that it was challenging and that the Spirit has stirred something new in you today. Have a blessed week.